It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And we're proud to welcome back to the show Jenny and Chando. Hello, Jenny. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great, and uh, it's the holiday season. And uh, first of all, I want to mention your name again. We, we laughed last time you were on the show about your name and <laughs> um, and Chando, and it's just so fun to say. I'm always reminded so of the movie Elf, uh, and it's the holiday season, so I want to bring up the movie Elf again when Will Ferrell meets Francisco and says, Ooh, Francisco, that's fun to say. So now I think, Ooh, and Chando, that's fun to say. You can keep saying it all the way until December the 25th. Okay. And then, and then we'll... I don't know, put it on hold till next year. Well, then the next, <laughs> I guess, um, funny thought I had about your name, mm-hmm. Jenny and Chando. Yeah. Has anybody ever met you? If they don't see it written down, has anybody yeah. thought like you were a hillbilly and that your name was Jenny Ann and your last oh, name was Chando? No, but my middle name's Sue and I always went by Jenny Sue growing up. So you are a hillbilly. Oh, so I, yeah, so I am a hillbilly, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am a hillbilly. So it was always like, oh, Jenny Sue. You know, that sort of thing. And I, oh, in fact, when I moved to Indy, I think it was the first time that I, people didn't call me that. It always happens when my parents come to town. You know, I'll move to a new place. I will just be Jenny and Chando. And then my parents will come and call me Jenny Sue. And everyone makes fun of me. And then it catches on. So now it's Jenny Sue Ann. Chando. Jenny Sue Ann. Pause. Chando. Chando. Yeah. Chando, that's fun to say. Okay, so to reset, it's Jenny Ann Chando. She is a, an award-winning journalist with Fox Television and also a, a, phys, a physical, a, a fitness, yeah. a personal trainer, fitness expert. Yes, exactly. Yeah, certified through the American Council on Exercise and been doing this for about, I, gosh, I feel like I've 10, 11, 12 years now just as a trainer, fitness instructor, uh, speaker on, on these types of things, and that's about it. I love and it. we bring you on the show, holiday season, holiday calories, Christmas parties, Christmas cookies, uh, it, it's it's a time to really kind of forward think on how many calories you're going to just throw into your body, because before you know it, you can wake up January 1st and weigh 50 pounds more than you did uh, before Thanksgiving. Right, right. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I do with a lot of my clients. So I do at-home personal training with my clients, and usually for them, what I have their goal to be throughout the holidays is just to maintain. Not to, usually I'm not, we're not doing a weight loss goal from, you know, Thanksgiving or Halloween through Christmas because it's too daunting. Usually I just try to get them to maintain or stay within a few pounds. It's gonna, it's not inevitable. You don't have to gain weight through the holidays. Um, cause what you, what you think about is it's like, okay, I'm going to a holiday party. You have to think about that's okay. If there, is there going to be dinner there? If so, then that's my dinner. Then, okay, good. You're hungry. You eat dinner. You go about your life. You still have to eat. So you still want to enjoy those things, but you just don't want to think about it as like this big food explosion. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so it's like okay, there's there's breakfast, there's lunch, there's dinner. Uh, usually three snacks. I mean, I'm I'm usually you know having clients eat six times a day um, with something like this. So, just keep it in mind when you're going to a holiday party. Yeah, you still have to eat, but it's like you know, okay, would I normally eat ten platefuls of food? You know, your body doesn't know that it's the holiday season, so it's not like your body's all automatically compensating. Like, oh well, it's Christmas, so let's mm-hmm. eat everything in sight. So it's sort of a situation where you want to think about how does this fit into my whole normal meal plan and, and my normal eating. And I should say too, I'm not a registered dietitian. I work with one with my clients and and kind of send them to a dietitian if they need specific guidelines. But what I'm talking about right now is something that's really simple. 
that everybody can can do. And you just lost eight pounds. Holy cow! For between the last two holidays. Well, you know, it's I I eat, I, lo- I love to eat, and Thanksgiving, Halloween. Halloween candy. I, I I gained about ten pounds over those two holidays, and I I got scared. I freaked out. I'm like, there's no way I'm gaining another ten pounds between now and Christmas. So, uh, I've been going to the gym every day. Um, time management is something we've talked about in the past, and it, you just got to find the time to go. And the thing with me is when when I go to the gym, then I'm reminded on a daily basis not to shove calories down my throat because I get in this mode like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to the gym. Yeah, so I gained five pounds. Yep. Screw it. What's another five pounds? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's exactly the mindset that happens. You can't do that because you get too far down this this path. And the thing that that you had mentioned too was, it, it's such a simple thing to say. It's much harder to do, but eating when you're hungry. It's like pause and think about that for a second. Eating when you're hungry. Because a lot of us have lost those cues altogether. Children know how to eat when they're hungry. You watch, you know, animals know how to eat when they're hungry. It's, it's built into your bodies, but we cover it up over the years by judging what we're eating or not eating, by, by not eating when we're, we're actually hungry, or by eating too much when we're not hungry at all. So it's just, it, your body gets really confused, but you can sort of like relearn those cues and think about it. Okay, when you sit, just give yourself five seconds before you sit down to a meal or before you just grab something from a bowl and think, you know, am I hungry? First of all, am I hungry? Second of all, am I hungry for that? Mm-hmm. Do am I eating that just because it's sitting there, or you know? I mean, do I actually even like that food? You, you know, so certain like like you know, fruit cake. Do I like fruit cake? If yes, okay, sure, I'll make that a part of my meal. If if not, then that's a waste. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna nourish you and not gonna satisfy you. But props to you. Well, that's, thank you. That's a that's a that's a hard thing to do during the holidays. Well, and you know, there's I saw a picture of myself after Thanksgiving, and I was like, "Who is that cow?" So that that helped I, too. I don't really. If, if you guys, you guys need to like Google him, and you you won't think, ever think that when you see him. But yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of have that sort of like self reflection, like, okay, what am I doing? The other thing too is it's like when you think about Thanksgiving, what do most of us say that we are thankful for? I think a lot of us say our health. You know, I, I think about that every year. I think, you know, for, for my family and for my health, it's so simple things. And then, and then we go into this season where we're totally abandoning our health. And it's like, like I said before, your body doesn't know that it's the holidays. It's not just saying, okay, you can have a free pass because I mean, you know, there are serious diseases associated with, with, you know, uh, heart disease and lung disease and all sorts of other things, diabetes that are connected to being overweight or connected to being sedentary in general. So it's sort of like, okay, we're celebrating this season and celebrating this joy of family and we just want to be around for each other. So it's like making that a priority too. Um, something that my family and I do and people might think, oh geez, Jenny's family must hate when she visits, but we do our workouts together and it's just sort of like a family thing. We're all at different levels, different ages and you know, my extended family that I see you know, once every five years, they know that, oh, Jenny's coming to town. She's going to make us do some silly workout, but it ends up being so fun. Okay. You know, so it's sort of like one of those things and it may not be your typical intense workout, but it's moving. It's doing something. We might go out and jump rope. We might play basketball. We might play soccer. We might, you know, just play tag. Anything like that as a family where you can all kind of run around and get the kids involved, I think is perfect. It's like a workout doesn't have to be going to a gym and having someone time you and, and sweating and bleeding and crying. You know, it can, mm-hmm. it can be something fun, but throughout the, you know, if you're going on vacation, you just don't want to abandon that altogether. That, that sort of like physical component of your life, because it just, it can take a toll, you know, over the, the weeks and months and, and just kind of saying, screw it. I'm not going to do anything. You know, you kind of want to keep that up. 
Jenny and Chando is our guest, and we're talking holiday calories. It's that time of year. Shove them down your throat. Yeah. And um, you know, I recently saw a statistic about Americans. Two out of three Americans are obese. Um, and I, not, not to throw in the rest of the world, but it's not that big of a problem overseas. Right. Uh, my nephew was just in uh, England, and he was like, I can't believe how many skinny people there were in England compared to the obese people in America. So it's you're right. We eat. Because it's it's almost a pastime. It's for fun. It's not because we eat when we're hungry. Um, and that's why we bring Jenny on the show to talk about some of these issues and, and social issues associated with, with obesity. And like you mentioned, health issues and some diseases that go along with it. How much does, um, and, and I don't know if this is in your wheelhouse, but alcohol with partying and um, Christmas parties and, and alcohol, is there a... I guess a caloric way to look at it, don't drink this full beer, have this kind of, uh, have a vodka cranberry instead because there's less calories. Okay. Definitely. No, that's such a good question because I I mean, I'm a huge proponent of enjoying everything. I I never say, I mean, unless you are a competitive athlete or training for a competitive fitness competition, which I did years ago and no longer do because it is so restrictive. Unless you do those things, you can enjoy a little bit of everything. But when it comes to alcohol, here's what I say. You pick an alcohol, you know, vodka, tequila, whatever, and you pick a calorie free mixer. So, um, soda water, if it's just like vodka soda with lime, that's kind of my go-to. I always have that. You can get flavored vodkas now and that doesn't add extra calories. Um, so you're looking at about a hundred calories for that. Um, but if you do, for example, a vodka cranberry, that's where you get into the higher calories because you're having the calories from the vodka and the cranberry juice. So even though it's juice and a fruit, it's just, a, it's, it's a lot of sugar and usually it's not a hundred percent fruit juice that you're getting at a bar, you know, or at your, you know, at your aunt's house and she's pouring down the cocktails. So, um, you want to do, or like a rum and diet Coke. That's a good choice. A glass of wine is a, a, a good choice, white or red. Um, even champagne can be okay. Any of those are better than getting um, something mixed with a regular soda or uh, a regular juice because it basically doubles the calories when you do that. Um, or like a margarita. I love margaritas. But typically what I'll have <laughs> instead is, I'm like, oh, just thinking about it, it just sounds so amazing right now. Um, what I'll typically have is tequila and soda water and a bunch of limes. So um, there's also... This is like a calorie-free sort of drink mix. It's called Zilch, and it's literally... And I'm not, like, paid by them. I have no connection to them. I just love them. Um, It's a company... You order it online. So if you're looking for, like, holiday margarita-type stuff, um, that's made... You know, it does have an artificial sweetener in it, so it's not, you know, maybe your number one choice, but if you have to have it, it's better than having a margarita because, I mean, that can have 500 calories in it. It's just not not worth it. But, um, you know, just kind of keep that in mind, and, and it's always, of course, wise to have, you know, the water and then the drink and then a water and then a drink. Um, but yes, you can continue to drink throughout the holidays and, you know, enjoy it, but you want to look for calorie free mixers, soda, water, diet, soda, that sort of thing I think is best. Your face really lit up when you said because, margaritas. I love uh, margaritas. No, I love them so much. I'm, you know, Mexican background and stuff. We just, you know, our whole family always brings out the margaritas. In fact, I brought, I brought some of my zilch and also some of my tequila, soda, water, lime mixture to our family reunion. And it, I mean, it, you know, it went over Okay. They, they didn't mind it. <laughs> they were good. okay with it, yeah. Well, Jenny and Chanda, we thank you for coming on the show and being part of this show. Um, you've made 2012 great, and we look forward to having you back in 2013. My goal is to not gain 15 pounds between now and the time we have you back on the show in a couple months. 
Okay, good. Well, well, good. Well, that will ensure a couple of things. That'll ensure that you don't wait like three years before having me come back on again because you'll, you've got your goal. Don't want to gain 15 pounds before I see Jenny again. And then also, you know, that you'll 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 got your little accountability partner here. So I'll uh, I'll keep an eye on you. You know what? Before I let you go, let's yes. talk about that real quick. Accountability partner. That yes. that's. Uh, I think I know what you mean. Why don't you explain that? Because I, I think um, listeners, me included, could probably use this uh, definition of this and, and advice to get yes. one. So the first time I uh, learned about this was actually, you know, in a, a sort of like religious group years and years and years ago. We talked about accountability with, with certain things. It was reading our Bible verses. So this is something I use with my clients. I I want them to have an accountability partner outside of myself. So this is easy. It could be your mom, your dad, your friend, your wife, uh, you know, your child, anybody that's of an adult age that um, that you can speak to, and they can just say, "Hey, how's it? You know, how's it going? Are you keeping up with that goal?" It's not a person to be a nag, but so that you can both check in with each other and say, "Hey, you know, Adam, I knew that your goal was to sort of like maintain your weight through the holidays. How's it going?" And then you might say to them, oh, "I'm really struggling with this." And just by them being a human who's exposed to society, they're gonna relate and maybe think, oh, well, you know, maybe, maybe you could do this or maybe, Hey, yeah, I'm having trouble getting my workout in in the morning too. Do you want to meet later on tonight and we can go for a walk or we can, you know, go play basketball or something like that. So it's sort of like somebody to keep you in check because alone is when we fail. Mm -hmm. And that's what, I mean, that's what, that's with all things, but especially with something like fitness, because I think it's emotionally connected. And when you have sort of like that little bit of support or you know that someone's going to ask you, it's almost like it's just human nature to want to please that person and to, mm -hmm. and, to, and to please yourself, too, and to be like, hey, you know what? That's right. I did this. And, it, you know, and, and, and also, if you don't have a gym membership, if you don't have a trainer, if you don't have somebody, what you do have is a friend or a companion or something like that to kind of go with you, just kind of keep you going. And it can be fun, too. But, yeah, that accountability partner is, is crucial because, of course, you know, inherently you're doing this for yourself and for your own health. But to have somebody there to bounce ideas off of and to just say, Hey, are you doing this? It makes a huge difference. So for you, if you are, if you have clients that you are their accountability partner, yes, you've got hundreds of accountability partners. <laughs> yes, Does that become a problem uh, for you? I don't. Yeah. I mean, that's why I try to, I try to have them make sure that they have somebody else in their life. Um, that that's they, not you. That's not me. Mm -hmm. and, and I make sure that I'm, I'm not their responsibility. I have somebody that I actually stay connected with, um, many states away in Arizona. And we, um, she's a, a good girlfriend of mine, actually somebody that used to work at the TV station with me and we became workout partners and we still keep it. We'll still write, Oh, what, you know, how are your workouts going? Or if, if one of us is in a rut or, you know, I may say, okay, I just went to this new certification. I learned about this new workout. You should try it. Or she may do the same thing too. And it's, it's kind of neat, but yeah, I can't, I, I don't account for all of them. They, you know, it's, it's like a relationship a lot of times that may build with their, their husband or their wife or their friend or their neighbor. And it's, um, it's a neat bond because it's a different thing. And you mentioned, you know, with the obesity rate in America, some people may be struggling with wanting to do something about it, but they haven't said anything. So sometimes it takes the other person saying, Hey, you know, Sam, Susie, whoever, will you be my accountability partner? And then that other person reverts back to you and says, yeah, I will. And would you do the same for me? And it can kind of get them going as well, because sometimes there's just that intimidation factor or somebody just being shy or not really knowing that there's somebody else out there that might want to connect with them and kind of, you know, help with that fitness goal. I love it. Okay. Well, that's your new uh, official title with this show. You're our official accountability partner, Jenny and Chando. Thank you so much for coming on. Have a great holiday. 
Okay, you too. Thank you so much. And I guess we'll be holding everybody accountable and, and check back in with them in the new year. <laughs> Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And the broadcast continues. It's The Adam Ritz Show. We thank you so much for tuning in. And our guest now is Jerry Pastore. Jerry, how are you? Excellent. Thanks for being here, Adam. Appreciate it. I, uh, I like your last name because it's, I, I put a little uh, extra emphasis there on the third syllable of pastore because it's, what do we have here? Is it French, obviously? It's uh, Italian. Oh, and, obviously it's not French. And it's not, <laughs> and it's not very glamorous because the Italian word that it's based on is one for shepherd, pastor. Oh, okay. Well, uh, you're glamorous to me. Uh, Jerry is, uh, well, first of all, thanks for uh, having me out here in uh, what I'll call God's country. It's just beautiful out here. I'm on the campus of Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. Uh, for those of you that don't know the uh, the West Coast very well or the, the western part of the United States, in the state of Washington, we're about five hours away from Seattle, and, and I'm going to guess uh, within an hour's drive of Idaho. How close to Idaho are we? We're actually eight miles from Idaho. Oh. So 15-minute drive. We're 15 minutes from Idaho. Yeah, right, correct. I can't, I can't wait to call my mom and tell her I was 15 minutes from Idaho. <laughs> Play your cards right. I might take you there. <laughs> well, Jerry is uh, the director of student well-being. Did I get that right? right. Student athlete well-being within the athletic department, the Cougars, here at Washington State University in the Pac-12. Tell us about what you do as the director of student well-being, student athlete well-being. Well, Washington State University has really made a commitment to the student-athletes, as, as many universities have, in that we're really looking at the whole person uh, when uh, we have our athletes here, our student-athletes. And we recognize that uh, student-athletes have a particular challenge that maybe the general population of uh, a university may not have, uh, certainly uh, with pressures, time constraints, uh, uh, you know, rigorous workout schedules, what have you. And therefore, um, they may have... You know, obviously dealing with maybe a higher, well, research shows they're dealing with a, a much higher level of stress just day to day. A lot of that is kind of self-imposed because they're obviously very competitive people. Um, so we really try to incorporate um, in our programming here with athletics um, messages and health messages about how they can uh, better take care of themselves and make safe choices out there uh, also uh, in in the uh, social world. Now, I was... I was eavesdropping earlier, and I, uh, I'm not afraid to admit to you that I was. And I think I heard you talking about the uh, – are there four aspects or four pillars uh, of your program here for uh, student-athletes? And I hate to put you on the spot. What are those four? We're looking at um, – we look at their intellectual, obviously, well-being. We look at their uh, physical well-being. Uh, their intellectual well-being, and their social well-being. So obviously here at Student Services, we have uh, many facets to it. You know, academics, we support their uh, academic growth and progress uh, intellectually. Um, certainly their physical well-being, we have a, a, just a top-notch uh, student, uh, rather uh, athletic uh, training program. Um, and in terms of uh, the, uh, the big challenge, I think, for our student-athletes is, is – uh, is being safe and healthy out in the social scene uh, that is, I, th I think, uh, pretty general across many universities. Jerry Pastore is our guest. He's the Director of Student-Athlete Wellbeing at Washington State University, 30-plus uh, years in the business of um, counseling. And uh, you mentioned out of those four pillars, social uh, and just social interaction um, here on campus. And I wanted to ask you... Um, there's a news story out about uh, marijuana becoming 
uh, legal or more legal or, or more acceptable in the state of Washington. How does that, if that bill passes, let's just say pot is legal tomorrow, how does that change your job or your focus? Well, it, it doesn't help in terms of our messaging, let's say that. Washington's a very liberal state, uh, especially on the west side. Um, but my message really does not change. Um, I don't approach marijuana use uh, with our student-athletes as a uh, moral issue. Um, it is obviously a legal issue at some level. But I really target how it may affect their academic and uh, athletic performance, which, based on the psychoactive substance, THC, that's, that is in uh, marijuana, it has very uh, deleterious effects on, on both of those. Let's have some fun now. Jerry Pastore uh, here at Washington State University. You were telling me off mic earlier that this was quarterback you for a while with uh, Mark Rippon and uh, Ryan Leaf and Drew Bledsoe. Uh, you were here during the Bled Drew Bledsoe years. Uh, best in-game memory of Drew Bledsoe, uh, maybe a big comeback victory or, or on the field here at Washington State University. Well, I'll tell you, one a lasting memory here is we were playing our rival University of Washington. As any other university, it's a, it's a, it's a very healthy rival. Or let's say that, and uh, it's the apple, the apple cup. The apple cup. Yeah, right. so okay. we play the apple cup uh, one year in Seattle and one year here in Pullman. Uh, well, it's played in the end of November, and uh, as as chances had it at this particular time, uh, we had a major snowstorm, much to the chagrin of the Washington Huskies. Um, and we had a very competitive game, and uh, there was a last, I think it was in the last minute, uh, Drew Bledsoe dropped back and made a pass, and um, one of our uh, speedy ends, uh, Philip Bobo, if I remember, made a tremendous catch and caught it in the end zone, totally extended himself, caught the ball, and slid directly into a snowbank. <laughs> and at that point, the team just surrounded me. I mean, they're, they're, we actually have a lot of photos of that because it was such a dramatic victory in such a dramatic setting uh, that it's, it really is emblazoned in, in Cougar history. That is fantastic. And then uh, something just popped in my head. From my, um, I guess, covering the news on this radio program, there were some recent news stories about high school programs that uh, the school board voted down the team mascot or the school mascot being a cougar because of, I guess, the derogatory, um, it's a double meeting. In today's society, a cougar means something besides a, a, a feline uh, mammal. Um, how, to me, that is so ridiculous. To you, you're a cougar. You're a Washington State University cougar. When you hear this story about a high school voting down naming their, their team the Cougars because of the double meaning of the word Cougar, what, what is your take on this? Uh, people probably need to stop watching reality TV is my first response to that. <laughs> However, here at Washington State, you know, I've never even, that's never even crossed my mind or anyone here. We have such a deep tradition here um, of our, our mascot is called Butch. Um, and we actually had live cougars. We had, I think, seven live cougars before, you know, culture changed and said, hey, maybe it's not such a great idea to have a cougar in a cage. Um, but our cougar, also Butch, our, our mascot in a costume, has actually won the Capital One Cougar, uh, Capital One College Mascot of the Year Award a okay. few years ago. So I think sometimes people are just pole vaulting over a one-inch bar sometimes when yeah. you really, I mean, it's just, it's, 
to me. It's it's such a, a kind of a bizarre kind of way to think about things. But uh, you know, I understand everyone has uh, liability issues these days. Pole vaulting over a one inch bar. I'm using that one. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, that story I, I mentioned happened in Utah. Okay, BYU is in Utah. The BYU Cougars, one of the uh, traditionally most strict religious programs in in America, uh, in the high school in Utah voted down becoming the Cougars because of the double meaning. And in that institution, BYU is right down the road. I, it just blows my mind. PC is taking over. All right, well, Jerry, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck here at Washington State University. I can't thank you enough for joining this broadcast. Well, Adam, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, um, uh, a tremendous resource. And let me just say, I'm going to put this plug in. If anyone has not had Adam uh, at their university, I highly recommend it connects with uh, our students, connects with coaches, staff, um, truly, and I really appreciate what you're doing because what you're doing is really needed. Hey, what's up? We're Simple Plan, here for RAD, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. How could this happen to me? I made my mistakes. Want to make a difference? It's simple. Be responsible. Plan ahead. Designate before you celebrate. Friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. And now, a truly inspirational story on The Adam Ritz Show. Dominic Russo is our next guest. Hi, Dominic. How are you? I'm doing great. Outstanding. Can I call you Dom? Dom is fine. Sure. Or, you know, Dominic just said, that's such a cool name. Dominic <laughs> Russo. That's a celebrity name. Yeah, it's a little, little Irish, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Dom, uh, I'm really proud of, of the work you've done as founder and current executive director, or president, rather, president, right? of, um, of uh, I don't even know the actual title of your organization, but it's so cool. Tell us what, what it is. Well, it's the United States Power Soccer Association. It's the governing body for power soccer throughout the United States. It's a sport designed specifically for power wheelchair users to be able to enjoy the sport of, of soccer. Uh, it's played on a uh, regulation basketball court. It's a four-on-four game. And it's not an everyone-wins sport. It's a very competitive game. Power soccer. How amazingly cool. And you founded this on your own? Well, actually, uh, the, the sport's been played uh, throughout the United States for about 30 years. Um, and in uh, 2006, we founded the organization nationally. And uh, the governing body became in existence, and it became a 501c3. So. Okay, and what is, uh, I guess, the basis or framework for your passion for this? Well, we have uh, two children with um, spinal muscular atrophy. It's a form of muscular dystrophy. Um, and so uh, we are constantly looking for something to keep them stimulated and entertained and, uh, and to show them some of the things that sports can bring into their lives and, and uh, teach them uh, life skills that you can only learn through a team sport. And uh, this uh, came along, and my son... Uh, was able to uh, experience it at a muscular dystrophy camp and brought it home to us and brought a book of rules home and said, yeah, we have to try this. And I was a little hesitant uh, because I thought it was another overly adaptive sport where um, it's kind of a, everyone wins and it's not very stimulating for them. We've tried many and, and they're great for some, but they weren't for my kids. And so um, we finally decided to try it. And uh, that was in 2003. And uh, we've been uh, focused on it ever since. So this is not connected at all to the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Um, many groups and organizations that um, I guess can't participate in, in, a, in a normal soccer game can take advantage of, of your power soccer. Exactly. It's for all people with all kinds of disabilities, whether it's quadriplegia, muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, um, and uh, many others that I just you know 
I'm drawing a blank on off the top of my head, but if you're, if, you're, if you're in a power wheelchair, we want you to play. So does the MDA and those organizations, is there any affiliation with, with your group? Well, uh, it's been slow progress, but they've actually invited us to uh, participate in uh, camp activities. So the um, problem is, is they usually happen in a four-week period of time all over the country, and uh, okay. we're not that big yet to be able to do that. But we try and do as many of those camps as we can to show the young kids, uh, because uh, actually the strength of our sport is through our youth. And so uh, we try and get as many young kids involved and in, uh, so that the future of the sport. But we do have... Um, actually a veteran that's 75 that plays in Orlando, and he loves the sport. So it's uh, any age, any gender, and everybody plays together because uh, the, the power of the joystick is the great equalizer. Okay. <laughs> Dominic Russo is our guest. He's the, you're the Roger Goodell of power soccer. You're the, uh, I guess, founding, uh, founding father, current president, um, and exiting president. So how, how, is this a hands-on, uh, I guess, changing of the guard for you to work with the next president to make sure power soccer proceeds and progresses throughout the country? Exactly. There's a, a board of seven people that um, govern the body of it. and there's, um, So there's a number of people that are there. We didn't change the whole uh, board over. So, uh, But we'll be watching closely. I work hand-in-hand with the new president, um, and he's uh, out of a program in Minnesota. Um, and he, he's got a great power soccer program up there as well. Power Soccer, the national organization, what's the website? We can check it out. It's uh, powersoccerusa.net. And uh, I check it out. There's a video on there, a little marketing. Uh, we appreciate any support we can. It's a 100% volunteer organization, and it's a 501c3, so any dollars that are donated were tax deductible. So the funding that you receive and uh, our listeners that donate through that website, um, that all that money funds Power Soccer. And I, from my small brain, I'm thinking you need equipment, the actual powered wheelchairs what else actually we don't provide equipment um, actually what we do is we use that money to actually go out and reach out it's, it's outreach is what we, we're responsible for is growing the sport throughout the United States we currently have 60 teams throughout the country that are competing regularly wow. and so our next goal would be a hundred and uh, there's many states that uh, just haven't had the opportunity for us to get out there and actually uh, exper- you know expose them to our this great sport it's fantastic. I love it. I can't wait to check out more online with Power Soccer. Dominic Russo, the current president, founding father of Power Soccer here in the United States. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Adam, for having me. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.